On this episode of Kapow, the Pop Cultured Podcast. I want to call it a three-part crossover with a little turd at the beginning. <laughs> Meanwhile. Not the traditional way you get a daughter, meddling with yourself. <laughs> Meanwhile. Anal probe time. Meanwhile. How many episodes do we go that you don't throw into pizza time with my sister? <laughs> Meanwhile. I actually liked it, but I'm a star-spangled idiot, too. <laughs> Meanwhile. And so he grunted. <laughs> Meanwhile. And Ray said, hey, that looks like my cousin. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile. Oh, yeah, for all stare, bear, bear. Meanwhile. Watch the episode. Uh, sit the dinky ass island. <laughs> Meanwhile. Uh, don't rub your beard. <laughs> Meanwhile. Jess, sweet Jesse. You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hi, this is the illustrious Michael K. Easton. My name is Jordan Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. And I, uh, Cliff Damey, I'm now Pubostra Adamas. That's right. <laughs> the predictor. That's right. So uh, we're going to talk about all the stuff we used to talk about before <laughs> Westworld took over our lives. But you know Westworld's the best world. And anybody that's listening to that podcast, we appreciate it. But tonight we're going to talk about all pop culture stuff other than Westworld. So I have not been listening. I'm not a fan. <laughs> he hates us. <laughs> I can't say I'm a fan. But uh, so if if anyone who has been watching Westworld and hasn't been listening to those particular episodes like me, you guys got everything right. I'm, I'm gleaning like all your theories have been proven true. Did you see me glowing? Yeah, you have a big smile. Yeah. I'm like the last dragon. He's got the glow. So there's one episode left of Westworld, and everything you've ever said well, is Well, actually, not everything's been confirmed, but... Okay. That, like, really. I was telling somebody last night they wanted to know. They couldn't figure it out. And I was like, well, I'll just tell you this. <laughs> really? How do you know that? When did, What episode did they show that? I was like, well, they haven't yet. I was like, but really, uh, I'm pretty confident. And I'm, yeah. I'm batting a thousand on the ocean floor. Yeah. Yeah. His. He hasn't been disproven that it's all in the ocean floor. <laughs> I've just been sitting in waiting for it to all come crashing down on Seth, but yeah. it hasn't happened so Good far. Good luck. Um, you, uh, did you just totally stop watching the show altogether? Yes. Okay. Just hate it. You hate that show. No, I'm just behind and oh, okay. slow and poor. You got other things to watch, too. Because yeah. there's like a whole bunch of stuff going on this week on the superhero shows. So we're going to talk about that, right? Yeah, Invasion. So let's just go right into TV. You have failed. This city run very run. Marvel and DC on TV. I am Supergirl. What's your name, darling? Agent Jobless. Hit it, guys. I didn't watch it, so I want to hear all <laughs> about it in graphic detail. Yeah, so this is a, a the first four-show crossover. Now that we have four shows with Supergirl. So Monday, this week, starting month, well, last Monday, all the way through... Thursday night was just one big giant episode, basically. I want to call it a three-part crossover with a little turd at the beginning. 
<laughs> As only Michael could put it so eloquently. <laughs> Yeah, yeah nothing. Like, well, if you think about it, the Supergirl episode, you know, when you're prairie dolling it, <laughs> there's a couple times throughout the episode He's been sitting where on that all week. the breach happens, but no one comes through. So it's very similar to that. And then at the very end of the show, out jumps Flash and Cisco, and you're like, oh, finally, relief. Yeah, it was very much a regular Supergirl Episode. But the plot was about aliens and a virus it and invading and mm-hmm. possible invasions of aliens yeah. that had no bearing on the rest of the it's week. So weird. it seems like they already had that one in the can or, yeah. or it wasn't, yeah, it we didn't have much to do with it. 30 seconds at the end of. Yeah. Because they could have easily, like, halfway through the show, you, you thought that they might be using the alien virus to crossover to the other universe. Well, I originally, halfway through the episode when I watched it, I thought Martian Man, this was about Martian Manhunter getting well again. And we're going to, you know, he's going to be John again. And then John was going to come over with Supergirl and he was going to be part of the crossover, but yeah. that didn't happen. All we got was Alex and Maggie, XOXOXO, and then Martian Manhunter is healed, Lena saves the day, and Kara or Kara and Monel may or may not have a thing going on, and then Barry and Cisco show up. Yeah, I, this was the weakest one of the bunch because it just seemed like it was a nicely wrapped bow at the very end of all these plot threads, quickly wrapping up yeah. to do this invasion storyline. Well, I do have to say, calling yourself Cyborg Superman sounds really dumb out loud. I'm Cyborg Superman. You don't know how many times I complained to my wife about that. <laughs> you know how many times she cares? And why did he have a metal, like, Phantom of the Opera mask just, over his metal eyes? Because it was cheaper yeah. for some of those shots. <laughs> to keep it down. But yeah, like, okay, back during Death of Superman, we had we had the Cyborg Superman. That was a way to describe him. You don't put that on your business card. You were not, hello, I am the Cyborg Superman. Welcome. Like, it was a descriptive phrase, not a... But he looked like Superman. Did he? Was he called, true? Was he called something though? By Cyborg Cyber, Superman. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. he was Hank Henshaw. Yeah, like yeah. he always had the worst villain's name from day one. But the fact that Hank Henshaw looks like the Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. If you were going to go down that route, I'm the Cyborg Martian Manhunter. Yeah. <laughs> that would make sense. It just rolls like, off the tongue. Even if they <laughs> would have said like they got a hold of Kryptonian, like. Uh, tech and he was infused with that or anything like that they could have went down that road with like getting Kara's DNA but no it's just like I'm Cyborg Superman <laughs> cause I re- I thought it was gonna be Dean Kane. I did too it pissed me off and then I thought well maybe they'll, maybe they'll so bring one of these one of these days one of these shows I'll put a theory right yeah but not this time I thought they would bring in uh, Tyler what's his name that played Superman I thought well maybe he'll be back and he'll be Cyborg Superman I'm okay with that. Yeah. But no. We got Cyborg Martian Manhunter. So Which that's fine if that's if you want to bring Hank Henshaw back. Like that makes sense. But yeah, like you gotta differ from the comics a little bit. There's some things as being too faithful. Well like in the uh new D C comic Supergirl, uh the Cyborg Superman is actually Kara's father that has been I think Oh, from Krypton. In the, yeah, in the first uh, the first one that I read, mm-hmm. if they, they still went that route, I'm assuming, 
Am I right, Jordan? Uh, sure. Okay, I think I'm right. You just looked at me, so you made me question myself. I, I just I was trying to remember myself. Yeah. So Either way, flash. Flash is always awesome. Like flat, like Flash just never disappoints me. Aliens. I, I've heard otherwise from you guys somewhere along the line, but <laughs> I do hear, I do, uniform, I do <laughs> uniformly hear that that's the best one of the shows. Flash has thus far been a disappointing season oh, this for season. me. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's still pretty good, but it's just not quite up to par. Yeah, with I was it. hoping for another villain. They could just run slightly faster than Barry, and then Barry had to just learn to run a little yeah. bit faster to win the day. Yeah. I thought we needed another one of those. But come on, HR's going to train Kid Flash now. Yeah, what he knows anything <laughs> about that I've yet to discover. But So, Aliens, this is what I have. The Hall of Justice. Oh, my stars and garters. How awesome was that? It was extremely awesome. And it's in Ohio. Who knew? So. And it even it even is it in Cleveland or Cincinnati? Cincinnati. Yeah. So yeah. what happened with this show? Uh, well, the the, uh, the famous there's a museum in Cincinnati that was the basis of the Hall of Justice. It looks right. like the Hall of Justice, right. and they used that Hall of Justice shot. And it's basically they're saying, oh, it's it's just an empty building that Star Labs owns. It's like it looks on the front, it looks like the Hall of Justice, and the back, it looks like the warehouse where it feels like. All these scenes were shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just like all the sets were built in this giant <laughs> warehouse, empty warehouse. Uh, but it's like this setting up that this is going to be their base or something? Well, there was quite a few Easter eggs towards it, so I could see, like, that's where they're going to go. Yeah, it, it could cer- they certainly put it out there where that could happen now. And I was upset that I did not catch this reference, and I, I found it on Facebook. And they said Supergirl was from Earth-38. Which is an Easter egg to Superman coming out in 38, number one. Yeah. So that was, I, I missed that. Not the same type of coming out as her sister? Alex. No. <laughs> so, um, my favorite line of the episode was probably Diggles. And he said, uh, You know, I've never done drugs because I'm afraid I'll see weird stuff. <laughs> Diggle always has a problem with the Flash. <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of does. I like it because he's the one, because Arrow is supposed to be such street level and Flash is all mm-hmm. metahumans, so Diggle is the great counterpart to kind of keep those two worlds separate. Yeah, so basically the Flash is where they unite and form their giant super friends team, is what happens. And we discover the Dominators and uh, these aliens that are apparently have been in, on Earth before. And that felt a little X file file ish. A little bit. They were pretty gross looking. It was, it was a nice, you know, update from their comic look of the bright yellow skin and the yeah. red dot on the forehead. Like I was, I was upset. There's no green robes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me by this time in the Flash episode, you've already got arrows there. Or or no or uh yes okay who was who else what's the other he wasn't was there like a well Ralph South up. was Ralph South there yeah like Barry's already went he's the first one he goes after is Ollie right yeah was first it, it was the episode open with one of their uh, ships crashing on Earth and, and all of them running off 
mm-hmm. and then them freaking out and calling everyone and saying, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, the the alien ship crashes." Barry runs to see what it is, okay. and all these aliens come running out and run by him and take off because they're on a reconnaissance mission. And then Barry goes and starts collecting heroes, more or less. And one thing, like during this time, Cisco is still mad. Or no, this is one. Is this when Cisco finds out that uh, he changed the timeline? This he, episode, he, we already knew. Yeah, that. we already knew that. But he's pissed off at Barry. Everybody's mad at Barry or mad at somebody. Right. So there's all these little conflicts going on, <clears throat> which adds to we must unite to stop the aliens. Which during this like sub thread, I did not get why Kid Flash being Kid Flash was such a problem. Like. How they wanted to hold like that was never mind. Yeah, yeah, there's there's an awful lot of character stuff in these four episodes that it's just what the plot needed at that moment. Uh, we can get to more later when we get to Arrow, but <laughs> so the Dominators kidnap the president. Oh, okay. at this point, who plays the president? Um, Linda Carter. Did we ever get to see the president? I thought Linda Carter was going to yeah, be there. That's on, Earth. on the Super other Earth. Earth. That's on Earth 38. Oh, yeah. that's super cool. Okay. Which, I'm when you're messing that. around with the dimensions and the time travel and the flashback, could, why did, is there any reason why they shouldn't have just brought Supergirl into the universe? Like, write some reason that yeah. instead of having the jump is dimensions. Is the only one not in the universe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She's on her own Earth separate from all the other ships. Her and Superman. Okay. She's on Earth CBS. I got it. We're on Earth CW. Okay. Yeah, I, so, agree with, I agree with what Jordan's saying. Now. I thought, why'd they not just combine them and say nothing about it? But then I also get, see, yeah. then they don't get to do this. Right. Um, so they kidnap the president, and Professor Stein discovers he's got this Flashpoint daughter, and what Flashpoint, and how this happened, and he's having these visions and making him crazy. But he also said that it was his fault that the daughter caused. It wasn't Flashpoint. That, that's true. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Because it sounded like at first it was Flashpoint, but then later he realized it was his own he, meddling with himself. Yeah, when they <laughs> went back. <laughs> that caused his daughter to going to leave that there. <laughs> Not the traditional way you get a daughter, meddling with yourself. <laughs> It worked this time. <laughs> so, if it wasn't for them dang meddling kids. I don't know where we go from there. Uh, I have to say, like, as as much as you complain about Arrow, like, this was the best Arrow episode I've seen this whole season. We're still on Flash. Was that next? I know, but I thought that's what we were getting ready to roll into. <laughs> well, one last thing about Flash. Okay. How awesome was it when Mick Rory decides he can't call Supergirl Supergirl? And named her Skirt <laughs> to go along with haircut. Oh, you can sense bits with those little peepers, huh? No, no, I ignore him. How did you get the name Heat Wave? I burn my family alive, and I like to light things on fire. Ah, well, that's a colorful backstory. Well, my shrink thinks so. By the way, I'm not going to call you Supergirl. Stupid. You can call me Kara. That won't work either. Well, what are you going to shout if you need my help? Skirt. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. I'm not going to need your help. <laughs> I love his character. Like, he just adds that. He has been 
my favorite thing this season about Legends. Like, I did not care for him that much at all last season. He was just the sidekick for Captain Cold. And when Captain Cold went off the show, I thought, what are they going to do with this? Yeah, I didn't think he would work without that. He's going to be the first one out the door. Somebody in a comment section I was reading said, you know, his lines of dialogue, if you just read them on a page, wouldn't be funny. Yeah. But he has such the perfect comedic delivery and the gruff attitude. Like, he he can say something not very funny and still make you laugh, just the way he delivers it. And I'm sure we've talked about this before, brought it up, but... I'm sure I just glossed over it, but I did not realize he was the actor that played the villain in Blade 3. Oh, I didn't see it. Wow. Yay for Michael! Yeah, he was the, he was. The jury's the, out, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> now, now that you mention it, I can picture him as the big, uh, he was like, he was actually Dracula, Dracula, right? Yeah. Huh. Okay. So what, 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 how'd it wrap up there? Uh, Flash was, Flash was good. Flash and, Flash? And arrow interaction is always on point. That's my favorite part. Is those two personalities of Arrow being so gruff and but now throwing in Supergirl gives an extra yeah dynamic. Yeah, that's kind of how this all ends. But yeah, she, she's so positive and bright. But there's one thing I will say. Like, of course, you guys all know I love Supergirl. I had to say at one point, quit superhero posing. Like, there were so many times during this whole thing where she's just, like, flying down and doing... Well, she doesn't have pockets. you got to put your hands somewhere. So you got to you put them on your put hips. Put them on your hips. That's what I do. But there was just, like... That's how I do the whole Westworld podcast. There's so many times she did the superhero pose. I was like, come on, give her something to do. So, Arrow... Best episode ever. It was a really good episode. It to was me, the one. It was the 100th episode of Arrow, which is kind of hard to believe. Hello, syndication. And it, now, granted, it might have hit me harder because I, I just recently had a death in the family. So when it got to that point, it like I was like, Ugh. but yeah. So basically, what happens is all the heroes that are non-meta humans um, during a, a fight at the end, they. At this point, they get sucked up into the alien ship. Yeah, that's the cliffhanger yeah. flash. Oh, yeah, yeah, all the right. all the humans get kidnapped, and we to be continued, and then Arrow starts. We roll in, and they're basically in like stasis pods on the alien ship in space. Anal probe. Yes, or it could be the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, we don't know. Mars. I didn't think about that. We to say on the other, other podcast. Well, I want to know Mars. where the heck that place is. <laughs> uh, now with this, the way this differentiated from the comic other than the scale of it was the aliens were trying to find the metahuman gene mm-hmm. in the non-humans to try to how to activate it so they could turn it off. Right. That's, that's the comic plot. Yeah. Right? Okay. So the show plot switched that up a little bit. Were they, it just like they never really said that they were looking for the gene. They were just studying them because there was well, they, at least resistance. Well, they said anyone yeah, – when you get these powers – then all of a sudden you pose a threat. Like when Earth is just backwards and there's nobody of any power on there, we can ignore it. But if you're starting to get these metahuman abilities, then all of a sudden you're a threat to our existence. So we're going to take you out before that happens. Which that does follow the comic book storyline. Which I I really wish they would have done an Easter egg and had them wear the same jumpsuits that they wore in the comic. Because it would not have been hard to do. Very simple. When is that story from? Like 86 or 7, somewhere around there. 
It was drawn by Todd McFarlane. Like it was when he was over this in DC. It was called Invasion. Yep, it was a three issue miniseries. Well, and it tied into is one of those ones that had a bunch of annuals and stuff tied into a lot of different stories. So, so during their our heroes that are on the ship. During their stasis, they're basically put into a fantasy land where Ollie is married. We see Laurel was back, and they're getting married, and his parents are alive, and Speedy's there, and everyone's still intertwined, but they're living uh, completely different regular lives, except for Diggle. Who was somehow the arrow? I was like, "Oh, Diggle, you poor guy!" <laughs> Which I was like, "What?" Uh, so, starting with Ollie, uh, he basically starts to piece it that it's fake back together, and he's starting to remember. And one by one, each one of them are starting to remember, and they find each other uh, again in order to. And how did they get out? Oh, they find a portal. Yeah. Which was like that building that's weird, so it's probably in there. Let's go. <laughs> that building's got the wrong name on it. That must be the answer. But again, yeah, that's the plot. Just like yeah. uh, we just need them in this room now. So here, put them there. So suddenly oh, they wake up. They're in the ship uh, in space, and they have to fight their way off the ship. And they basically, Ollie, <laughs> coincidence, there's a gun hanging on the ship wall, just one, and a army of in uh, dominators, and they have to fight them, run to a ship, to a drop ship, and head back to Earth. Now you forget though, because Ray Palmer, the Adam said this is because he's been on a ship before so obviously all ships follow some kind of similarity to it he said some kind of line like that yeah uh, it was very han solo on the death star running into a massive stormtrooper which i will say like compared to movies and stuff like i am amazed like what they accomplished on the budget they had for these yeah, shows. Yeah, like, they did an outstanding job. The aliens didn't look great. I mean, you could tell they were CGI, but they didn't look bad. I mean, it was it was fine for me. Right. They had texture and shadow. Mm-hmm. That's the main point. As long as they had texture and shadow. It's just that some of the action was a little herky-jerky. Yeah. Like the lo- it looked good, but the flow of the action, you see limbs going every which way, but... Yeah. Nothing to complain about. Which, speaking of those, it was weird. Like, the 50s alien, I thought, looked different from the modern alien. Like, there was... Yeah, they did kind of, like a different. It, like, actually looked more closer to the comic book version versus some of the other uh, crew members. Yeah. The Wave Rider and Citizen Steel, he's back on the ship, and he basically goes and rescues the drop ship, and they figure out that they... him and It's, it's him and the Vixen, right? Yeah. And they figure out that they need to go back to 1951 uh, when the aliens were first recorded being here in Oregon. So time travel, time travel. So that's how we work that. I'm listening. And meanwhile, um, the Arrow crew is trying to hack some alien tech. <laughs> yeah. I I didn't love the Arrow episode. I to be. Uh, yeah. Controversy. Controversy. Yeah, to be your what do you call that? Where you're opposite. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, I know I haven't seen you for a while, Georgia, but you're supposed to be on my side. <laughs> I I just don't because Devil's I don't watch. Advocate, Devil's Advocate is a word that people use yeah. to mean what I was saying. Correct. Um, because I don't watch Arrow, and here was a prime opportunity 
for people who don't watch. I said that Legends of Tomorrow, the ratings were the best they've ever yeah. been. So people who don't watch these shows were watching the crossover. So I tuned in for Arrow for the first time since season one, and I had no clue who any of these people were. So I had no connection to, oh, Thea is back with her parent. Like, I didn't know any of this stuff. And I was just bored. And I thought, you know, this would be a good episode if I cared about any of these characters. It's a missed opportunity. I thought so. Yeah, they could have introduced, you know, some of these characters, you know, and they did the thing at the beginning of the episode. They were introducing Cisco. They said everybody's name and their code names. Like, they did a very basic job of catching you up, but. I say as a hundredth episode, as a love letter to Arrow fans, like it, it was probably a great episode. But as part of this crossover and any of this stuff, it's all taking place in their minds. You know, it's fake, so like there's no real stakes there. No one's gonna die. Like mm-hmm. as an action-packed episode, it had nothing. There were no stakes, and there was so much time spent in the fake mind world. I was like, get onto the alien stuff. Like I, to me, it just really drug. So uh, yeah, I said as an Arrow fan, you may have loved it, and I don't, I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> I'm trying to provoke my brother. <laughs> you just gonna sit there and take that? Listen here, Krampus. <laughs> it's funny you said that because I thought that was a great jumping on point for Arrow for anyone that hadn't watched it lately because it ran through all the greatest hits. Okay. Uh, as you watch the episode, you got to get caught up of. You know, how the they did do a lot of like the flashbacks, yeah. like the quick little jumps of even if you didn't know, oh, you saw Deathstroke stab the lady, like you saw the little, you know, like I said, best of. Are these moments. all hour shows? Yes, okay. yes. Curious. Yeah, and and it was the first time we've seen Deathstroke since season two, three. There was another guy with a Deathstroke helmet on. Are there two Deathstrokes? Th- those are just his underlings. Oh, okay. yeah. They, See, I don't know. See, that was uh, season three, I think, where he like jacked up a bunch of uh, normal militiamen with the serum, and so they were all. Oh my gosh, I forgot all about that. That's what they were. Yeah. That's what I was like because uh, even my wife said, "said Well, who's?" Because at the end of the like before they jumped through the portal, they had to fight their own worst enemies. And Thea went up against her dad, and he went up against Deathstroke, and then you got Ray Adam. Or Ray Palmer, the Adam going up against underlings. Yeah. <laughs> my, even my wife said, well, who's that? I was like, nobody. Poor, poor Diggle got shot. <laughs> yeah, Diggle's always good. I was like, come on, man. He needs to find a Green Lantern ring and get it over with. <laughs> so, yeah, so it was the first time we saw Deathstroke in this in a long time. And it was the first time we've seen what I call the Braille Room. Uh Flash's hidden. Oh, I had forgotten all about yeah. that. That article set yeah, crisis, like, and he disappeared in twenty fifty four or something. Well, it was a nice little throwback, kind of bringing it back in, like even though it hasn't been mentioned in two years or whatever. Did he say it was written by? Because I didn't catch. I knew like it changed. Yeah, originally it was supposed to say Iris Allen West and or Iris West Allen, and now it was like somebody uh, Greer or something. I didn't reckon recognize the name so but he brings Ollie in to show him his uh his braille room and um what's what's the braille room what's this about it's this weird it's a hidden room in star labs and the walls look like like braille they're bumpy it's all white so i I'll use call it braille. Braille. I, I thought this was something no. it looks like our future podcast room with bumps on it <laughs> um so there were a couple things that were throwbacks from you know Seasons past, but the reverse flash used this room to to see if his plan was working in the future or not. Yeah, it's basically like microfish 
from uh, future newspapers. He could go in and look to see if time has changed oh, or yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah. See if Doc Brown had been committed right. or <laughs> yeah, commanded. Exactly. Okay, now I got you. <laughs> yeah, so we end up – now I think this is where we end up where uh, most of our heroes, the dominators, use this mind control weapon to turn most of them now, against – that I did not expect – and I thought that was cool to have. Yeah. To, you know, I didn't expect the heroes to. It's a comic book story. The heroes sure. are going to fight the heroes. That I don't know why I didn't expect that. Was that the Flash, that. Was that the Flash yeah. episode? Okay, that was that was a good yeah. twist. Yeah. I thought. It's weird, it's weird, like, like watch this, this happen later, later, but I don't know, I'll forget it. But this was the TV version of Civil War. Like, there was that one, yeah, like shot towards the end. I was like, and again, I was remembering the comic book where there was like everyone, and it was just like a small group of people. Yeah. So yeah, are we going to get a crisis at some point? You think when there's even more episode, even more shows on CW, and even more characters? Well, I heard. Are we going to build toward that? Because the Flash is supposed to be on, or um, the Golden Age Jay Garrick Flash is supposed to be on Earth Two. Well, I saw something about him being on Earth Three, fighting the trickster on that. Mark Hamill's going to reprise his role. No, I think he's on Earth Three because that's where he came from. Okay. Earth 2 was That's where HG's Wells Earth, right? Wait a minute. He's an author. Or crap. HR. No, he's from Earth like 19. This was. We had Harrison Wells, then we had Harry Wells. And this was Harry Wells Earth, him and Jesse Quick, Earth 2. Okay, yeah, you're right. Because he's from another Earth. Yeah, Jay Garrick was from Earth 3. Zoom was from Earth 2. Yes. No? Who was Jay Garrick, right? Well, well he, was he was the, the fake Jay Garrick. Garrick. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Oh, but he, was, he wasn't from that Earth either because he was... Hunter Zolomon. Um, wow, this is a good piece. 20, list, 20 listeners just slit their wrists. <laughs> That's why these shows are hard to cross over because if you haven't been watching Flash, yeah. you're way behind. But if you the haven't point, been watching Legends, you know, who are these people? The point being, are they going to do a crisis down the road? I would say at some point, yes. Um, because they we're have doing to get a Friday show first. Well, we're doing a crossover, a crossover episode every year. We just add a new show. Yeah. If they add, I'm, I'm on board, but I had no doubt. <laughs> What's it going to be? Riverdale. It's all going to start in Riverdale. <laughs> okay, now I'm Jughead messing. eats a hamburger with like cosmic Jughead. Yeah, What is it, Michael? What's going to be the other one? You get the to fifth, pick, right? The now. fifth show. Yeah. Who would you have? It doesn't seem to be Constantine, which everyone wanted. Yeah. They wanted a Friday night you know, horror magic show, but that they don't seem to be moving toward. But all, all these shows are going to mid-season finales. Which I, have we ever had mid-season finales before? Yeah. Okay. It just it's a newer thing, but it yeah. just sounds like a new thing. Like I've never They'll heard. They'll come back in February. Yeah. I would say the new show, if I'm gonna, if what I would like to see, would be Take Wally. And do a Teen Titan show. That would be my Friday night what show. Someone did say I didn't catch. There was some reference during this to something to do with Teen Titans that I or Bat or bringing Batman or something. But I have no clue what they're referencing. I just saw some kind of headline about it. But because yeah, Teen Titans was in development at TNT and got killed. So yeah, and we've got Wally. So why not? You know, you need a Nightwing and a. We need didn't, didn't Superman on Supergirl say something about uh, 
I don't work with partners or something. Like, he referenced Batman. Yeah, yeah, there was some. Yeah, there was some non-Batman Batman reference. Yeah, he works in the light. <laughs> Which leads us to the crown jewel, Guardians. <laughs> Legends, Legends of Mars. No, it's basically it's DC's <laughs> versions of the Guardians. <laughs> All so the way through. We're back at the Hall of Justice. Meanwhile. <laughs> Finish it. <laughs> do it, Jordan. <laughs> Just drop it in So, Which, I'm fine with everyone's characterizations, but... And I have no problem with the white canary being lesbians or being lesbians, <laughs> being a lesbian. But they have to make sure that you know that every episode I've noticed, like they have to, ha- they have to throw that in there. I was like, why do you have to throw that in there? It doesn't matter regardless, but they have to throw that in every time. How many episodes do we go? You don't throw into pizza time with my sister. <laughs> Jordan has no idea where Jordan about. doesn't know. He doesn't listen to us. I don't watch Arrow, so I don't know. <laughs> Calabunga, dude. Hashtag pizza time. Um, yeah, so we're now they're training. They've decided they're going to train as a team, and they're going to train against Supergirl. That happened. In, was that earlier? Too many shows. That was the first thing they did was train. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. that was Flash. Okay, that yeah. was Flash. Because they were trying to pick a team leader, and Arrow's like, "I picked the Flash," and everyone yeah, everyone wants it to be all. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Never mind. Nope, strike that. But we but did have, have like, like, it's funny, like, they, they, they caused so many rifts during these crossovers, but fixed them by the end of it. Because, like, Ollie's like, I don't like aliens. That's too much for me. And then by the end of it, he gets thrown off the building and she saves him. He's like, all right, I like aliens now. That, that was my other criticism about characters behaving in ways that don't make any sense whatsoever. That was one. Ollie just out of nowhere being like, I don't trust you. For no reason. For no reason. Even though, you know, Barry vouches for her and she's Supergirl, you can't distrust Supergirl. And then Wild Dog comes in with the exact same, same plot point. Yeah. I don't trust metas. And then one of the metas throws a bad guy across the room. He's like, you metas are all right. <laughs> it's like one little action scene makes no sense. You get struck and the worst with, one. You get struck with some electric. And all of a sudden you like metas. Yeah, he's like, wow, you guys are actually pretty handy in a fight. It's like, yeah, really? Give me a little Nope. The worst one was Cisco. For six episodes, he's been like, Barry Allen messed with time. He killed my brother. He's the worst. And the the second they say, well, we're going to travel back in time, Cisco's like, sweet, let me in. I'm going to go do it too. It's like, but at least at the end of the episode, he very ham-handedly was like, maybe you shouldn't mess with time. The temptations are too great. He had a, like a, the more you know, back to school moment. But like, but... I was like, what have you been doing for the last half dozen episodes complaining about messing with time travel? Yeah, so we've got – who all do we have on the ship now? We've got uh, Steel and Vixen and Mick. They go, they're the ones that go back to 51 or 55 or whatever Which, year. With how did you guys feel about Steel's costume? <laughs> like Mick did. <laughs> to quote Mick, he's a star-spangled idiot. <laughs> Celebrating July 4th early? Ray made it for me. You look like a star-spangled idiot. When he, <laughs> <laughs> when he was steeled up, it looked all right, yeah, but 
in his human form, it just looked kind of silly. Well, that's what I like. I don't understand the, all the skin showing on the costume design. Like, cover that up, and it would look a lot cooler. Which all those costumes look a little silly. The big Diggle's big bucket helmet, and like when they do those grand epic shots, like you said, the Civil War shots. Half the people in them just look like cosplay, like your local uh, second-rate cosplayers. Yeah, so I actually liked it, but I'm a star-spangled idiot too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, gosh, I I did notice at one point one of them uh, instead because they called them aliens, they called them the Dominators, and at one point somebody the horn rim glasses guy calls them xenomorphs. And that was I, the only time I've ever, I've heard that before was I think back on Young Justice they had xenomorphs and they kind of looked like that in um, Cadmus. Yeah, remember that? They were the telepathic aliens. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of confused me. But isn't xenomorph like a generic term for aliens? Yeah, like the oh, alien, okay. the alien movies are called xenomorphs. Okay, well it's just me being stupid. Star Spangled Idiot. Star Spangled Idiot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Guardians is a good episode. Guardians of Tomorrow. When Mick said, I am Mick, and everybody laughed and laughed. Yeah. Can you, like, I, I, the intros to all these shows were, the, like, the overlay of the symbols. Like, every time the L pops up, don't you think Legion of Superheroes? I thought Lex Luthor. Oh. No, did you guys just leave me hanging? I, I saw it, but I just didn't. I didn't think Legion. No, um, it was that should be the fifth show, Legions of Superheroes. Okay. Again, leave me hanging. Guys. No. <laughs> Supergirl could be on that too. Or yeah. Superboy. Yeah. Oh, I think maybe like Superboy, or I was going to say a friggin'. Batman or Robin, don't they need that in this world? But when you said Teen Titans, I, got, I, yeah. I would hope that they'd have some Robin in there. Um, so this is, we have our big fight scene and uh, against the, the Dominators. And dominate the Dominators. How B.A. was Vixen. There was one shot of her where, like, she uses, I love it when she, Animals up. Those are some of the best effects that show. Oh does. my gosh! It's so, like yeah, I'm loving Vixen, but it's just weird that they just completely replaced the modern day Vixen. Like she's nowhere to be found. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This would be like her grandmother. Grandmother. Yeah. Um. So she looked probably really cool. the animated Vixen is a different. Yeah, she yeah. showed. Vixen. She showed up in the show. Um, she was on an episode of Arrow. Yeah, is, is what it was a few years ago, and it was Watch Arrow. Yeah. yeah, it was the traditional Mari okay. Vixen, huh. and this is. Oh, I assume the animated shorts they did were of the. Mm-mm. Okay. Because this that Vixen, would make sense. This Vixen is older. She came from the JSA in the 1940s. DC fans would not take something so straightforward as to introduce a character who was the same character. <laughs> and the 40s Vixen was dating Iron Man. Rex yeah. Tyler. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how she got on the ship. So, so yeah, I thought the fight, the big fight was fine. I, I, my criticism of that would be there wasn't a good, like it was a team up. And they just kept showing shots of a single person Individual. punching a single alien. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you want that civil war, you know, use cap shield to deflect the beam. Like, you know, they, they didn't work together at all. There was yeah. no cool team up that you don't normally see. It was just the same kind of ninja fighting these these cartoon alien guys. 
However, when the aliens are, they, we discover they're going to drop this giant bomb on the Earth, um, and they use the Wave Rider to intercept it, but the Wave Rider can't. What? Oh my gosh! You have your hand up. I have a question. When do we do this protocol? Why wasn't Team Arrow allowed to fight in this? A uh, new Team Arrow, yeah. like Ragman and all of them, like they were only allowed to be on the Arrow show. We've seen old Curtis get his butt kicked week after week. He would have lasted about two seconds. I'm just asking. Yeah, there were a lot of characters on the sidelines yeah, for this yeah. big brouhaha from Wally on down. But and, and again, going back to Arrow, because since I interrupted you, I was really hoping with the alien tech, we we're going to see the T spheres. Like yeah, I don't know what why they're waiting on that. Cause he's like he's a worthless character until he gets his T spheres because he keeps getting his butt kicked. Well, again, and, and why is it uh, why is his name Curtis versus Michael? Yeah, I don't know. Why is it a different? I think Curtis was his brother. Like in the comic, I think that was supposed to be his brother. So maybe the real Mister Terrific is going to enter later. I don't know. Not I give up on names with not the DC TV universe because they're always changing everything. Yeah. That boy changes some cornrows to the Afro Puff quicker than Ollie wipes his green makeup off of his face. <laughs> it's not weird that I had that thought when they're sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner and Supergirl has that her hair is up and in braids. And so I was like, if there's an emergency, she's gonna have to like take all the braids <laughs> out, blow like, it out. Yeah. <laughs> so this hair maintenance alone is gonna take her. So the bomb's coming. The ship can't save them, and we decide to use. Um, um, there's lipstick all over this microphone. No, it's actually dyed. It's from this. Oh, I'm sure it is. Is this the one that you and Alicia used? No, that's the one I stuck on your big toe. <laughs> Pizza time. <laughs> so anyways, uh, solution to the bomb is just throw Firestorm at it. And he'll transmute it. It's a which very big bomb. When you got powers like that, I mean, I guess that's all you, you know. One. Throw a fireball at it. Go. You guys are trying to explain this episode to me. You're doing a poor job. Like, I was with you through three episodes, and this one, you're off the rails. Dr. Stein did come to, like, the whole thing. He was having a problem with this daughter that was created in this episode. He came to terms with it and actually loved her and wanted to keep her around. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and she is a very helpful scientist who invents nanobots that can just coincidentally kill aliens. Yeah, harm them. What's so good in that alien virus from Supergirl episode? Oh, why didn't they just do that? Medusa virus. But again, yeah, they need Barry to plant these little uh, like joy buzzers on all these aliens. But it's like he can move at the speed of thought like quick distract it like go fight him with a bow and arrow for 10 minutes while I run around the world and grab a snack and And, yeah yeah. so anyways uh, Transformers Transformers. there were there too Firestorm transmuted the bomb saves the day and all the aliens that's why I brought that up because he he couldn't transmute it and he's like I have a daughter you gotta do this for me yeah and so he grunted. <laughs> and with the power of teamwork and friendship and nanobots. And fake daughters that come from other timelines. And then they had a big party. And Felicity. Felicity. Yeah, sure. Felicity. Mm-hmm. She was there. Yeah, she looked at Supergirl and was like, it's like looking in a mirror. And Ray said, hey, that looks like my cousin. Mm-hmm. 
And I'll admit, it took me 20 minutes. I was racking my brain. I was like, what does that mean? I was like, did she guest star on Arrow? Did Melissa Benoit, like, did she guest star on Arrow at some point as some other character? Like, I had no, I was like, oh, okay. I get it. Superman Returns. Yeah, so they had a big party. They hugged it out. And thanks to Supergirl, they, they're creating a Dio on her Earth. Yes, Cisco magically invented a device to where now Supergirl can come to Earth CW anytime she wants. Hooray! She's got a little thing. Cool. And there you go. Invasion. And they did have the wrap-up party at the Hall of Justice. Yes, the warehouse of the Hall of Justice. They were in the basement. And I, did you guys get a real kind of a Trinity vibe? Yes. yes. From Ollie, Barry, and Kara. Mm-hmm. Kind of, a, you know, Ollie's the Batman character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, Barry's more like the Superman. Mm-hmm. Wonder what, like, I don't know, some odd mixture of the three. <laughs> yep, I sure did. So this is like the CW's Trinity. Yeah. But they also said of, this was like the highest rated episode of Arrow for all this season. Well, and like Jordan was saying, this was the highest rated, I read this right before I came, uh, episode of Legends, which has been having really bad numbers, and we don't know if it's going to come back. They're moving it to Tuesday for uh, Archie and the gang. And so this got really, really high ratings, I think, since the, the highest since the pilot. Yeah. So, uh, and we did see previews coming up, and guess who comes back? Ooh, it's going to get cold. Oh, yeah, for all stay baby. Which, which could be interesting now that Heat Wave is kind of the... I'm just curious as which version of it, of Captain Cold, is going to be. Well, obviously he's a bad guy because he's going to join up with the newly formed Legion of Doom, which is uh, going to be Cold and Thawne and uh, Damian Dark. I like him. And that's going to be your... But again, for like complaining, I love this. I did too. I'm not going to lie. I like it. That's... that's, that's us nerds, we just cannot love anything except for this nerd over here on Westworld. We have to pick everything apart and complain about it, but at the same time, we eat, we eat it up and just love every minute of it. I could have just watched the part where the parts where Mick calls decides to call Supergirl skirt and uh, Doctor Haywood, Star Spangled Idiot, over and over again. Oh, and also at the end, he told Skirt to call him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. He just walks by. He's like, "Skirt, call me." <laughs> so, so I, yeah, I think it was you know the civilians who watch the show who don't know anything about the comics. I think I'm sure it was a fine. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't see a lot of negative things from people online, so I think it did what it needed to do. And uh, yeah, it was. And there's one good thing that came out of this that I really enjoyed was Cisco telling the Atom that he needed an upgrade. And he's like, yeah, I was thinking oh, finally. of it. It's like, let's downgrade from the Iron Man suit to an actual Atom suit. Anything else on TV? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch it? Yeah. Okay. Not that uh, I, I hope you could explain it as succinctly as Michael and I just explained yeah. the Invasion storyline. Um... More stuff with Ghost Rider. Did he like? Man. Wasn't there something about him talking to him, like the Ghost Rider demon or something? Or they? Uh, let's see if I can remember. They. There's a weird thing happened. <laughs> like uh, Coulson and Fitz 
and Ghost Rider got zapped into the dark dimension or whatever. So it was a weird episode. It basically played out twice where you'd see, you know, May walking around talking to the other agents and you'd see the same scene again, but lit darker with Coulson standing there. It's like, can't you see me, May? So like they were in the ship with everyone else, but on a different dimensional warp of some sort. They were on CW Earth. Right. But the Ghost Rider demon did not like this because they're being drugged down into this hellish dimension and he was going to get out. So the demon actually left Robbie Reyes and jumped into Mac, who got on a motorcycle and drove away <laughs> before you knew what was going on. So Mac actually turned into the, the Ghost Rider. Screw you guys, I'm out of here. It was kind of silly, but yeah. So is, that, is he going to now be the Ghost Rider? No, they got out and he... You know, but Robbie oh, okay. confronted him and was like, "Oh, we'll get your vengeance and get back in the car." Yeah, he, yeah, he jumped back in and yeah. Okay. The only other TV thing I saw was something I, I can't imagine any of you guys watching, but I, I will be the correspondent <laughs> at least for one episode. I want to check it out. It sounded interesting because it reminded me of like The Running Man. Mm-hmm. Um, CBS has a show coming out next year called Hunted, and they're going to have like nine teams of two. Just they have like a hundred thousand square mile area in the United States. Like they can, they have to stay in this grid. Is this like a fiction or no, reality? Re- it's a reality oh, okay. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, yes, yes. Reality. No, we're not hunting man for sport. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, it's reality. <laughs> we are hunting it's reality. Man for sport. In effect, it's a reality. Show. But it's okay. Yeah, it's not a. We're on the ocean show. floor, <laughs> right. and they'll have like pro- professional trackers, you know, using state of the art technology to pursue and catch them. You know, I just thought that sounded kind of neat. Yeah. yeah, really reminded me of running man. CBS. Yeah, it'll be big with the. It comes, it's it's going to premiere after yeah the AFC Championship, so oh, it'll, it'll, it'll get a spike. it'll get an audience right there. It's a little more extreme version of Survivor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was neat. We, I should I should probably uh, I have a correction from last week when I said The Walking Dead was the most boring episode they've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> now, this week's episode has supplanted it as the most boring yeah, episode. I didn't watch it because I heard that. Like I heard it was. Really I, I was. I had a free weekend of Stars and Encore, yeah. mm-hmm. and they did a marathon of Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. And I had seen the first season. I had a free weekend like a year ago, and I was really anxious to see the second season. And I was away, so I didn't see it. But they played it on the West Channel. I'm like, oh yes. So I saw. I watched the first couple episodes of that. I was like, well, uh, Walking Dead's on. I gotta flip over to that and watch that instead. And I was so mad at myself <laughs> for wasting that hour. I could have been watching because Ash vs. Evil Dead is probably my favorite thing that's been on TV here in a, in a very long time. It is so fun and so there's so much energy and Bruce Campbell is so good in it. And I watched Walking Dead instead. You know, I have stars, and I have to admit, I haven't watched any. Oh, and, and like, if you like the movie, like yeah, I would, do. I would, you know, if you if you're not a fan of the movies, you may not enjoy it. I don't know, but if you like the movies at all, the show is just as good as any of the movies. It never jumps. The, well, on season one, I haven't seen season two yet, but it stays the course. It never jumps the shark. It stays true to that whole problem. Yeah, like I've I've watched the you know the little commercial, the previews on stars all the time in between movies. And I'm always like, man, I gotta sit down and watch that, and I just never do. I never get to it. It has my recommendation. So, anything else, TV? Let's go to movies. Save 
Martha! Puny God. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. I'm Batman. Kneel before Sun! Under roof! Said it yourself, bitch. We're the guardians of the galaxy. So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. <laughs> there was a Spider-Man Homecoming preview that showed at Comic-Con in Brazil recently. Ooh. Nobody's seen it around here. But except I, Brazilians. Yeah, around here. Except, but uh, <laughs> it was described. <laughs> so there was a little, something happened, which everybody's kind of freaking out about. So I'm going to tell you what happened. Has anybody read this? No. Okay. The scene begins with the camera in first person as the vision you're seeing through Peter Parker's eyes. And he see, he's seen Happy Hogan, John Favreau, who asks him, you know, he asks him to hurry. And he's like, what is this? And Parker's like, it's my suit. And we only see the sleeves of the uniform and the web shooters. And he's like, did you not get the package? And Parker sit, looks around and finds a package on the table with a note from Tony Stark, some minor upgrades. The next scene shows Spider-Man on top of a building. And when he jumps, small wings similar to the drawings of Ditko and Romita range from the waist to the middle of the arm and maintain the blend of retro and technological of the uniform scene in Captain America Civil War. Hmm. So he's going to have the web wings. Hmm. Now, was that how long did that actually last in the comics? Did he have those? Uh, I mean, was it like depending on who depending on who drew them yeah. for a lot of the time? I think Ditko always had them in there, but I don't really remember them past Ditko. I, I don't know what you guys thought. Of that. Yeah, so I'm completely cool with that. Oh yeah, I mean, it's just a throwback. I just wonder how much. Well, I remember going to glide. I figure you're just going to use yeah. them to glide a little bit. I remember uh, last year, whenever it was, would have been last year, I guess, before Civil War came out, and they first remember that first glimpse of of Spider Man, and everybody lost their minds. And then every the movie came out, and everybody was like, "Oh, okay, I get it." So I imagine it'll be the, something along that line. That's all I got for movies. Oh, <laughs> unless you got something, what do you got? Um, we're on countdown to Rogue One. That's not movies. We got whole Star Wars section. Let's just go to Star Wars. Star Wars. Don't you remember? Okay, you you made you made a bumper. Actually, Michael made that. Okay, okay, go ahead. So. We're on the countdown to Rogue One, and I just, it was just announced a few hours ago, uh, this is Friday, that Spaceship Earth at Epcot's gonna become the Death Star for an event. They're gonna use that projection technology they have down there, um, which is awesome. They should do it more. But, uh, yeah, for, it's already sold out. It's December 5th. Events already sold out. Everybody gobbled up tickets to see the uh, spaceship Earth become the Death Star, and I think it's a meet and greet. So, also, who's going to be there? I didn't. I don't remember. Not you. Not me. I didn't get tickets. Yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah, that'll be cool. I expect you to share the video. And we found out. Yes, there's not going to be any crawl. We discussed. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I'm going to be a crawl on, on Rogue One. Be the first Star Wars movie without it. So people are going to be upset for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> no, Star Wars fans would no. be upset about something like that. It's going to have no episode number. Mm-hmm. You know. Which will set the precedent for it's, the Han Solo movie and whatever else comes. Right. That's just how they're going to do these extra movies. And they, and they said uh, basically how it will start is like with how they're going to handle that is start with a prologue, you know, which mm-hmm. I assume where you see any of this stuff with Jen as yeah. a kid yeah. and stuff, that's going to be probably how it starts. And there, you know, you were sharing that thing about Obi-Wan. <laughs> Tell us all about it. If I can remember it. There were rumors going around and with uh, Ewan McGregor that he was going to come back and they were going to do a Obi-Wan Kenobi trilogy. Or at least a movie at the very uh, minimum. And now they've said that, well, maybe not so fast. There's a rumor going around that they might not be done with Obi-Wan in the the regular movies. The, the, the Skywalker saga, if that's what which honestly, I, I I heard that, and I know what you're getting at. You know, we kind of had discussed that when we were listening after we saw, yeah, yeah. you know, the last Star Wars movie, and we were we were talking about what we thought everybody was talking, thinking. You know, she's Luke's daughter, or she's Han and Leia's daughter. And I said, uh, you know, I had thought something about Obi Wan, maybe his granddaughter, because you know things she was doing. But how does this affect that they couldn't still do an Obi Wan trilogy? Uh, I, I don't why, know. Why can't they do this thing in the past? How mm-hmm. is that going to affect episode nine? Right. And, and Ewan McGregor has, you know, more or less come out and said, hey, I, I'd be interested. Yeah. I, I, I thought he was something good about the prequels, so. I don't know. Anything else, Star Wars? Uh, you've already got your tickets. I do. I already have my tickets, like every good fan should have. Opening night, first showing. <laughs> I'll be there. And let's go streaming. There's something very important I forgot to tell you. What? Don't cross the streams. We'll cross the streams. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the streams was bad. Cross the streams. Heat them up. Ooh, Ooh, streaming. Go ahead, Michael. I'm... I, I have to cry a little bit because Kevin Smith has exited the Buckaroo Banzai, um, which that was I think that was going to be a TV series streaming, but there's Amazon whole, whole thing going on with the rights over it, and he's like, "This is not what I signed up for. I'm out." He doesn't want to be discourteous to the creators of the show, and MGM thinks they have the rights because you know they were in a contract and they're trying to decide who gets it, and he doesn't want to be involved anymore. So it sounds like it's going to be a huge fighting mess. It reminds me of like Howard the Duck. Like the, the creator of Howard the Duck, there was a huge de- uh, dispute with Marvel over ownership of that character mm-hmm. that went on for years. So the only people that lose out are the fans. Well, I think we all lost out on that Howard the Duck movie. <laughs> so I kind of streaming, and I'm going to ask you to go with me here for a minute. To the ends of the earth. Yes. Um, in typical in typical fashion of myself, I was very very late. Two years later, I kind of discovered Hamilton this week. 
have I downloaded it on my phone? Okay. Um, well, what had happened was last week we took the kids to Moana to see the new Disney movie. It was great. Yeah, he did some of the, a lot of the music for that. And I was like, so I'm at work, working midnights the other night, and I was like, man, I need, uh, I was just kind of looking for something. I was getting bored. I was a little tired. I need something to wake me up. So I was thinking about the music in, for Moana and pulled up my Amazon Prime, and I'm like, well, Hamilton's kind of been on my radar for a while, but I just haven't had time to get into it. So I discovered you can download or get on Prime Stream it, uh, the entire Hamilton soundtrack. And so I listened to the whole thing, the entire two-disc set right there uh, straight through, and it was amazing. It's awesome. Like, I'm a bit of a history buff anyways. I kind of always have. And I've always been a little fascinated being right here in the Mid-Ohio Valley with Aaron Burr and what happened at Blennerhassett Island and how he was trying to uh, basically become the emperor of Texas, more or less, uh, was his big plan. And so anyways... Um, well, how does that tie to our local area? For anyone listening, and uh, yeah, so our many far flung uh, <laughs> listeners. So we're in Marriott, Ohio. We're about 15 miles uh, north of Belpre, Ohio, and Parkersburg, West Virginia, which in between is. I've heard everything's bigger in Belpre. Everything's bigger in Belpre. <laughs> Hashtag everything bigger in Belpre. And uh, right in between in the river is Blinner, a little island called Blennerhassett Island, which famously was occupied by the Blennerhassett family. They had a big mansion there, and they were friends with Aaron Burr. And he was, Harmon Blennerhassett was part of the... Harmon Town? Part of the conspirators to separate from the United States and basically kind of steal the Louisiana Purchase from us. So that's very basic. So we can write a hip-hop musical called Blinner Hassett. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, totally coattail ride Hamilton all the way to the bank. What do you think, guys? The only way to do that, though, is so far every copy I've heard of Hamilton, they have to say in it that, I'm doing this like Hamilton. So make sure you include that in the lyrics because that's what they all have in them. Nice. But anyways, I was just blown away by it. Like, I am not into musicals or Broadway shows or any of the likes. That is not me. <laughs> as Disney as well, you are, it's bordering on Disney. Disney is as far as I normally would get with it. But um, just the way that, I mean, this was, the way they blended the music uh, and, and the cast being so multicultural now and... Like to me, this was this was the most art thing I have discovered I in a long time. I will tell you that you're telling the world about the most popular. <laughs> no, you heard it here first, everybody. <laughs> like, you know, I would say that. Give this Hamilton a chance. I'm like, he's thinking what I'm thinking, but. I will say that I have brought thing, something up about Hamilton at work to coworkers, and they don't have the slightest idea what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, I was like, "Well, it's in like the number one thing." Oh, I never. Yeah, like they really don't believe me that it's something out of someone. What that opportunity it, would any of us yeah. have to see I was like, "Well, he was on for Saturday. Yeah, he hosted Saturday Night Live. Right. That, that suddenly put in a little perspective for them that he is something. And then you know, I might say, "Well, he does the music for Moana." Like yeah, said, it's mm-hmm. called Nina. In fact, I heard another thing the other day. One of the most popular um, fantasy franchises right now, um, if you look up, like, 
which I, I did, looking for something to read. Like, what's the number one books out there? And it's by Patrick Rothfuss, and I think that's his name. It's called, it's the King Killer Chronicles, and there's two, he, Michael has no idea. He could correct me. Um, but he's like, uh, he was signing at Gen Con I went to this year, but he, there's two books out in this series. I think the first one's called The Name of the Wind, and I started mm-hmm. started reading it, and it's good so far. But I, I just because I've had so many friends telling me how great it is, and like I said, it comes up at the top of all these lists. Right. So anyway, Lynn manuel Miranda, Miranda, who did Hamilton, he is uh, like pro- he's going to produce this fantasy series for TV and, yeah. Yeah. and gotcha. movies. Gotcha. So. So he's in everything. He's yeah, somebody. Yeah. He's I, I, super I, talented. <laughs> it's crazy. If you get a chance, just, I mean, the crux of this is go download the song or look on YouTube, the song Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. That song kind of, that's, that's the best of the bunch, I, in my opinion. There's a lot of good yeah, on there. It's but very, as far as rep, representing what it is and telling you, you know, giving you an example of what it is, that's, that's a good place to start. Yeah, I felt real silly two years later, like, hey, this hey, thing's this great. Well, you look silly. <laughs> but yeah, just, yeah, just jump on that Hamilton. Yeah, was just, that's what I was starting to go. I was just like, I, I, if they haven't heard of it by now. Well, that was my whole thing. I mean, everybody knows Washington. You know Jefferson. You know Madison. Hamilton. You, we all heard these names. We know a little bit about them. But the great no dasher and dancer. The great thing was. But do you recall? Is that one of the songs from no, Hamilton? No. Ah. Uh, <laughs> But these but folks, you know, know, not a lot of people. That's one from Blitter Asset. <laughs> oh, this right to sell. But people like, it reminds me of, I just watched the other Blitter Asset, the dinky ass island. <laughs> had a really dumb conspiracy. Go on, Michael, hit it. And if you ever saw it. Uh, but I just watched the Goldbergs, and they were doing um, the Phantom Did they reference something from the 80s? Well, they were doing the, the big hit, the Phantom, Phantom of the Opera. But they couldn't do Phantom of the Opera, so they changed it to Phantom of the Gymnasium. <laughs> yeah, so the, the characters in this are just, just listen. You don't have to, I would say you don't have to listen to that, or go to actual Broadway and watch the show. I mean, it's great. I'll save you a bunch of money if you don't. Right. But just down, Amazon Prime, download that, the album. You can get both discs on it and learn about, you know, people like John Lawrence and the Marquis de Lafayette and freaking uh, Hercules Mulligan, which has to be the coolest name I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, who? I mean, it inspired me to go out there. I'm like, who is Hercules Mulligan? I need to, like, I'm Googling. I'm like, this guy was awesome. So... Well, that segues well into some other big streaming news. Well, I had some streaming news too. Well, okay. If it's not, <laughs> is it big streaming news? Is it big streaming news? Oh, it was a good segue. It was. He like raised his hand and then I did not call on him. If you'll notice, the guys in the room noticed I did not call on him. So quit raising your hand. You're gonna you're gonna open your mouth anyway. Wow. <laughs> no yeah, shush. <laughs> Trying to segue. Go back to Hamilton. He said that you could download it on Amazon Prime. Which you, you can listen to a lot of this stuff in your homes through your Wi-Fi. But the big thing is now you can. Netflix announced this week they you can download things and watch it offline, which is awesome. I know. That's why I'm telling you, shut up. <laughs> Just because you bring in one thing doesn't mean you get to say it. 
anyway, yeah, yeah, I think they're starting off mostly with like their original content, but it's going to get. Is it already up and going? I, that's they yeah, just announced yeah, it. You can do it, which is great. No extra fee, you know. It's, yeah, that's that's awesome. They said they would never do it. I was just, you know, a year ago, that was not on the table, and now they decided. I swear, we talked about that at one yeah. point. Mm-hmm. And and because somebody had asked that, I, 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 if you go back in the archives, yeah. I think we've we've talked about that how they would never. That do might it. have been a so pro episode, way back, way back. <laughs> like a year ago. That's about a year. Ago. <laughs> but yeah, they said they wouldn't do it, and then they realized, hey, you know, Amazon does it, mm-hmm. you know, yep. so we better do it. Well, that's why competition is good. Is. If one if one service provides what people want, hey, we've got to mm-hmm. exactly be right. equal. Michael's giving up on the podcast. He's on his phone because I <laughs> yelled at him. I downloaded the episode of Hip Hop Evolution. First episode. Cool. That's what you used to download you made the feature. Okay, well, I'm, I don't want to interrupt Michael anymore, so any news you have, go ahead. I don't have to. <laughs> okay, we're Oh, boy. <laughs> You know what? It, the, the visuals to this is so much better because what you don't know is Michael and I are sharing a microphone. So it's like every time I stick my head up here, he almost bashes me with the bill of his hat. Uh, don't rub your beard on me. Oh, the Gilmore Girls. Oh, oh Lord. That, uh, Play us out. <laughs> How many times have you uh, watched the Gilmore Girls? Until you convince your wife to do a Gilmore Girls episode of Kapow, we don't have to put much effort into this. Wow. Okay, tell us how great it was. I just say it was good. It was well done. It was done by the creators of the show. Um, even your brother Andy was into it, texting Christy at 1 nothing. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Asking questions. He about has it. no credibility. Because the whole the whole thing about it was there was four ninety minute movies and there was four words said at the very end of the show. I know what they were. Yeah, I'm sure you do. We're did what did say? I guess. Tell you? Yes, my sister in law signed the pledge that online. I will not blab the last four we're words. We're Gilmore women now. And I said, Hey, what were the last four words? And she immediately told me. I was like, You've broken the pledge. Well, I gotta know now. <laughs> You gotta watch it. Was it? No, I don't. I will not break I, I the I to Google it. I got, I got on a list. Hercules, Mulligan, and what are the last four worlds of Gil- Gilmore Girls? It was something to the effect. Ah. Did you sign the? I'm not gonna watch it now. <laughs> what was funny though is because, well, because I wasn't able to. It's not funny, because, but because I had death in the family, I wasn't able to be there to watch it with my wife immediately after. And I knew she was watching, but she was going back and rewatching it with me. Was it like, and there's another Gilmore girl? Is that four words? <laughs> no. Um, I, was, I was hoping the last four words something about Barry messing up the timeline. And, yeah. But it was funny because my, my wife was like trying to tell me she did not watch the last episode. And I was like, look me in the eyes and tell me you did not watch this. Okay, I fast-forwarded to the end. I had to know. So. That's all right. That's her show. So, yeah, we got, you guys want to do a deep thought? You had a deep thought. Uh, are we? What, we're at an hour. little hour five. Well, we just won't delve into it. <laughs> it won't be we won't be like, we'll make you think about it, listener. <laughs> It'll be a puddle of a thought. <laughs> Shallow thoughts. <laughs> no, yeah, I had a, a deep thought this week when uh, there was an article about 
someone on Twitter, which is our new communication device, it's all our news comes from Twitter, that uh, some comic pro put out there asking about politics in comic books. Basically, do you do you want to know the creator's politics, or would you rather not know? Or do you, as an artist or writer, do you want to put your politics into your work, or would you prefer to keep a distance? And Greg Capullo answered, yeah, politics are fine, but I would prefer to keep you know, my personal politics out of the work. That's just an answer to this question. And there was an indie creator who is a African-American female who basically said, well, yeah, that's nice. You're a lot, As a white male, you have that option. But many minority creators can't. You know, everything they say is reflective of their community, whether you are female or minority, LGBT. You know, you're speaking for your group, and white males aren't you know, necessarily called to do that. And she's like, yeah, it must be nice as a white male. You can do that. And it devolved into, oh, you're calling me racist. So, like, it devolved into a Twitter fight, of course. But we don't need to get into all that. But I just wondered if, if that... Yeah, we're in the yeah, middle of still the elections a couple weeks old, but you know, when you read yeah. <laughs> when you read a comic or watch a movie, do you want to be thinking about do you do you want pure escapism or do you want there to be some depth and does it matter if you uh, do you want to watch things or read things? Do you want to agree with the person's politics or not agree, or do you not want to have any clue? Do you not care who Mark Wade voted for in this election? As far as any any sort of thing you create, even a podcast, you know, going along with comics, I, I think when I like we've tried to keep mostly out of it, and I think a lot of listeners appreciate that, and you do alienate some audience. I think I would be the same in a comic book. It's like, but. Also, I like to listen to podcasts where people have similar views as I, I do, and I, and I like to give them support and hear what other people have to say. I, I saw where uh, Nick Spencer, the guy that writes, writes Captain America, I don't follow him on Twitter, but I guess he is very vocal and bleeding cool, like, continues to do, like, these crazy articles where they just make fun of every creator. And they just tore him apart, like, oh, what would the world do without your view? You know, it's like, gosh, don't follow him if you got a problem. Which that also ties into Mark Wahlberg this week came out and said, you know, celebrities and movie stars shouldn't give their politics and shut up about it. Which my wife was just talking about something similar to that was Seth MacFarlane was, like, trying to give his perspective on things. And, it, again, people just went nuts on it. Like, Yeah, I, I think of it like this is obviously on a much smaller scale. Uh, but, like, even someone's Facebook feed, I think, what well, you have a platform. We all have a platform, however you use it, whether you're a big star or just some anybody on Facebook. And so, so, yeah, so I don't care. You just kind of emit something, right? Uh, but but I, I, I look. Now, I don't know what Michael's politics are because he likes and shares so much from you know, uh, credit to you. Like, you, you like and share. Like, I've seen right-wing things and left-wing things. Like, if it's funny, you like and share it. And, like, I, so I don't know exactly what you believe. You, you're very multifaceted. <laughs> I just I think what I'm getting at there is I don't mind a star 
sharing their politics because I mean it, it hurts people's feelings. They're like, oh, I was a fan of them, and now I can't, don't feel like I want to be a fan of them. Well, that star is risking that, and to them, it's important enough that they use their platform to share what they think. And even and while I'm trying not trying not to do it on here, I'll do it on Facebook. You know, once in a while, share something. I think it's important to get out to these people that have never even heard of Hamilton. They, they also don't watch the news or hear what's going on. They only hear rhetoric, rhetoric on Facebook. And I'm fine with Facebook being a totally clean pl- place where where we all just share pictures and have and have a good time. But the problem is, a lot of people are sharing lies, and so I feel it's my responsibility to also share what my version of the truth, and, or I'm complicit in things. So so I can see why it, it you know I also don't know that I want to see it in a comic all the time. Right. I think that it's okay to have like some layers of it into it in your work as long as you're not shoving it down people's throats. Because I mean, a lot of it is social commentary based. It's art. Yeah. You've also said Renato Jones is one of your favorite books, and that is so political. That's all that book is. It's the one percent and down with these rich, you know, a holes who are destroying the world. So that's you know. Between that and the very you know, cookie cutter, whatever DC put out this week, you know, for instance, you know, there's a wide gap <laughs> between, you know, an artist's, you know, exactly what the artist of Renato Jones is saying, you know, what is, what are they saying about, oh, Batman's fighting Bane or whatever, you know, you don't always know. But aren't comics like a social commentary on life, like just like sci-fi is usually like smart sci-fi is usually yeah the good ones on, yeah. yeah. Because I, I, I saw where someone had posted something about that of, like, leave politics and social commentary out of comics. And I was like, I understand the politics part, but it goes back to story-driven elements. As long as it's a good story. People are going to use what they're interested in to create art. They're going, they're just, just going to happen. I, I think to, they were going to have to actively try not to do it. I think as much as it's shoved down our throats, like, what is going on right now in the world? So, I don't have a problem with it. I I agree. I think that I wouldn't want to see it in everything, and I think that there's plenty of artists that aren't doing it. So I don't see it in everything. Because you know, there's going to be books out there like on both spectrums, like with the alt right, with the neo, like going of it being the new Nazi party. I mean, what do you? you know? Captain America is certainly a reflection of all this, and written by Nick Spencer. You know, so you can assume what his politics are. You know, it, it's it's just another shadow, a different layer to show you what you know to comment on what's going on in the world. I mean, every piece of art does that over the years. And like you said, there are people who I'll never read another Nick Spencer book. You know, his politics so offend them that they completely tune out. So, is he not getting to an audience? You know, we, we're all in our own bubbles. People who disagree with him won't even listen. Is he being too aggressive? Is there is there a thing as you know having there too much is. belief? There, there is. I, I think they have to hopefully his editors and stuff are talking. I'm sure they are saying you know your sales might be down or going down because of this or whatever. You know, get your point across without being you know a hammer. You know. I, now on the other side of that, like, would you still buy a book that you found very entertaining? It did not have any of this in it. But you found out that that artist or writer was a racist or was like you didn't agree with what you know their values were. Like I know John Byrne has gotten a lot of heated conversations over the years of 
saying racial slurs and stuff like that. Uh, people seem to think, you know, Hollywood's all liberal and the comic industry is full of liberal, but there are a lot of right-wing comic creators. And I, I, I don't, I mean, I look at the credits. If I like their work, I read it. If I, like, I don't think, oh, Bill Willingham really offends me. I can't read fables. I can't say I don't think, like, act literally today. I was looking at the stack of comics I bought yesterday and Green Valley, number two, sat on top of it. Max Landis, correct? Mm-hmm. He says some stuff that I do not agree with yeah. <laughs> at all. Like just out of nowhere, he will say. Like I do not. I don't follow him on Twitter, but I've like seen things retweeted here and there. I was like, I really just do not know what this guy is or what he believes. But he says stuff I don't agree with here and there, and I'm like, but I'm interested in this comic book. I'm still going to buy it. So uh, yes, I will do it. I get. I guarantee you, though, probably if there was somebody that was that I really knew their politics and hated the way they looked at things and it and it was shoved down my throat in their comic book, I probably wouldn't buy it. Cliff. Yeah. Cliff is apolitical. He's still thinking about him. I was a little bit. I was humming in my head. No, I was... I feel like I've said it. A whole lot this episode. So. <laughs> Which, but like, is like Hamilton political? Well, like the story. Oh, yeah, story. yeah, yeah. I mean, but like that, that right there, that's an entertaining it's story. His, it's history about, you know, you've got a character that, that had different politics at that time that from someone like Thomas Jefferson. They completely disagreed on a lot of stuff. Right. And it is delivered through the eyes of some minorities who have put their, you know, brought out the stronger points of the story that they feel are Showing, you know, putting light on these issues. Yeah, yeah. So there's yeah, definitely yeah. commentary in there. And you know, the cast very famously, when our new vice president Mike Pence attended the show, spoke to him directly about their fears and worries, and were told bravo, and then we're also told shut up, it's not your place. So the world is having this debate right now. What, what is an artist's role? Yeah. I don't know. We I don't. We should solve it in this room. I well, think tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah. I mean that. You know, that's a big. Uh, as Lin Manuel Miranda wrote Hamilton, he kind of wrote that way. Between Hamilton and Aaron Burr, you had Hamilton who stood up for everything he and and just was relentless, and you had Aaron Burr who his choice was not to, not to ever let anybody know how he felt on anything. And, you know, a big a big part of that was all of these founding fathers who were younger than Aaron Burr and who were from nothing in poverty and horrible beginnings all surpassed him in his own trade in which he was, you know, he had money. He came from a good family. He was an orphan, but he, he had everything. He went to Princeton, and because he never stood up, they all started to pass him by. And... Maybe that's, you know, going to happen again in some facets. We took some crazy turns this episode. <laughs> yeah. It's a wide gamut. I think that'll do yeah. it. Do you have any final thoughts there, Mr. I just, I mean, yeah, I'm, as a struggling creator myself, I, I do think about that with every, you know, if I write a character who's a different race or a character who's gay, like, 
what am I saying about this character? If I make him a villain, am I going to offend someone? Like, I can't tweet this, or, oh, should I like this on that page? Because what if that one person who may have picked up my book, you know, every reader right now is a jewel. <laughs> like, uh, you got to, you don't want to alienate your audience. I'm not going to go out on Twitter and be like, listen up, I know everything about everything, and you screw you if you don't agree with me. It's not like Kapow has this huge following that we can afford to be super political, but. But, but we have let our opinions be known here or there over sure. time, and I and I would never take it back. So I leave it at that. We don't we don't shove it down well, your throat. This, this podcast alone, I mean, we're making a podcast, which you know we're putting it out there. So in in the same sense, we're, the reality is we're not going to make a bunch of money off this podcast. We don't have advertisers knocking on our door where we have to watch what we say or we're trying to sell anything. We're doing it because we like it um, because it's an outlet. So, and if you like it, listen. <laughs> and where should fans find us? Segway. As Michael raises his hands, he could find us at www.youdownwithkpp.com or at the Kapow Podcast on the Twitter. It's also kapow.podbean.com if you want to go that route. All kinds of places. Facebook. We have a Facebook page if you haven't found out. And. I don't know if you guys really look at the numbers much on our downloads, but we're starting to pick up some a lot more international downloads. So shout out to all the folks in uh, – we just picked up some Canada listeners, some Russian listeners. Uh, we've got U.K., Australia, all over the place. I'm Kapow. I'm Jesse. Jesse. As always, Jesse. Jesse. <laughs> oh my gosh! There's a hashtag that Michael can spell it. As always, I am the illustrious Michael K. Easton, and I am wearing my lunch. <laughs> there it is. I'm in the room with him, and I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What did you do? I had tomato soup with crackers today, and when I opened a can, it must have freaking pizza time everywhere. <laughs> I'm wearing pizza time. <laughs> I am the confused Jordan Lowe. I'm Hercules Mulligan. <laughs> and I'm Pooh Boster Domus. <laughs> Kapow, the pop culture podcast, is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. That depends. Who's asking? Oh, sure. Sir, I'm... The illustrious Michael K. Easton. Your service, sir. I have been looking for you. I'm getting nervous. Sir, I heard your name at Princeton. I was seeking an accelerated course of study. When I got sort of out of sorts with a buddy of yours, I may have punched him. It's a blur. Sir, he handles the financials. You punched the... Yes, I wanted to do what you did, graduate in two and join the revolution. He looked at me like I was stupid. I'm not stupid. So how'd you do it? How'd you graduate so fast? It was my parents' dying wish before they passed. You're an orphan. Of course, I'm an orphan. God, I wish there was a war. Then we could prove that we're worth more than anyone bargained for. Can I buy you a drink? That would be nice. While we're talking, let me offer you some free advice. Talk less. What? 
Smile more. <laughs> Don't let them know what you're against or what you're for. You can't be serious. You wanna get ahead? Yes. Fools who run their mouths off wind up dead. Ay yeah yo yeah yo yo. What time is it? Showtime. Like I said. Showtime. Showtime. Yo. I'm Jordan Lou. I'm Cliff Barnes. It, loving it. Yes, I heard your mother said, come again. Hey. Lock up your daughters and horses. Of course, it's hard to have intercourse over four sets of corsets. Wow. No more sex. Pour me another bruise, son. Let's raise a couple more to, to the, the revolution. revolution. Well, if it ain't the prodigy of Bristol College. Poobah Nation. Subverse, drop some knowledge. Good luck with that. You're taking a stand. You spit. I'm a sit. We'll see where we land. Oh. Well, the revolution's imminent. What do you stall for? If you stand for nothing, Burr. What'll you fall for?